Welcome to the Rent to Retirement Podcast, your resource for passive real estate investing and retirement strategies. If you're new to real estate or planning your financial future, you're in the right place. Join us at renttoretirement.com to find your path to financial freedom and an easy, carefree retirement. Enjoy the show. Hey, Rent to Retires, it's Adam Schrader here. And Zach Lemaster is back with me, CEO of Rent to Retirement. He's been off for a while perusing the nation, you know, getting deals done with, uh, with some, you know, more providers for us to, to bring more inventory to all of our investors. But I wanted to bring them here because a lot of people have been coming to us for the last year, interested in the Cape Coral bills that we have going on because it's you know, still a great opportunity. But he recently had his boots, although I doubt they were boots on the ground in, uh, in Florida with a group of investors out there and was going to sites, seeing the properties. And so I wanted to bring him on to talk about just, you know, what he saw out there, because I know some of you that I've talked with have actually gone out to Cape Coral and, you know, met the team and done those kind of things. But a lot of people are like me, never been to Cape Coral, don't really have any tickets booked to go visit Cape Coral. So I uh, wanted to get his, uh, his thoughts and his sights on what he saw. So Zach, first off, welcome home and uh, good to have you back. Yeah, thanks, Adam. I wear boots. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm from Wyoming, you know, Spurs and all. So, uh, no, it was good. It was good, actually. You know, I'm I'm down in in uh, Florida quite at this point quite regularly, um, as well as you know multiple other locations. It's always important for us to be exploring, you know, different markets, keeping our pulse on where the best investment opportunity is, where the path of progress is, making sure also in the locations we operate in that. Our, our local partnerships and teams are meeting the standards that we require of them. You know, that, that's a big part is, is having, you know, the boots on the ground team that's operating and holding them accountable, right? Making sure that property management is doing their job, making sure that our builder partners are meeting timelines that they need to, um, which we'll talk about because timelines are a big thing right now that can have some uh, delays to be expected within reason. Uh, also, your rehab teams, everyone involved in the process our goal is to make sure they're doing their job and producing a reliable experience for our clients as well as sourcing new investment opportunities. So, you know, maybe we won't mention that too much, uh, but we'll put some teasers out there right now. We have some new markets, some new construction stuff that we're excited about offering to our investors. We have new construction in different parts of Florida, Pensacola area, central Florida and Ocala, Obviously, we have the Cape Coral stuff, which we're focusing on today just because of the equity position people are in. It's very exciting. The market's outperforming what we initially projected uh, a year ago. We have some new stuff coming up in Tennessee and in Texas, actually, right now. So you know, just stay tuned. We have a lot of excellent opportunities. Heavy focus on new construction because there's so much benefit to that. Um, and I think that's kind of a, a direction we're, we're going specifically. So stay tuned. More to come. Specifically, going back to Cape Coral outstanding area. Every time I go down there, it just is reminding me of the reason we're so active. I know you're personally investing there, Adam, as, as well. Um, you know, we, we're intricately involved with everyone in the process to kind of see what does the land availability look like? Land has tripled in cost over the past year, but so has, I mean, we've had an exponential increase in both market value and rents. So let's talk a little bit about where the market is going, what we're looking at, and also, where are we at right now from, from a year ago when we really started to open up this opportunity to clients? We have multiple building teams in Southwest Florida as well as throughout different parts of the country. 
Um, but there's there's different unique things to be aware of. Just for as an example, a year ago, the same kind of four four bedroom model that now we're now starting to see these investors come full cycle with. They initially went into those on rental projections at that 1800 1850 rent now those yeah. houses are coming full cycle and being completed they're renting out 23 2400 a month uh the equity position is at least fifty thousand dollars higher than we initially projected a year ago and that's just because of the nature of the market um so people are in very good positions and they're ecstatic to have these investments come full cycle now they've had to put up with a lot of delays there's health inspection delays um, with the septic design, there's permitting delays and things like this. So we just have to be conscious of that navigating right now. We're pretty much anticipating a 13 to 15 month build time on average. That's, that's full build time. We've seen stuff complete as quick as kind of that 10 to 11 month mark. But I would say on average, anywhere from that 13 to 15 month is kind of what you can anticipate right now. That's, that's everything involved through permitting, uh, typical market value that we're seeing on say an 1800 square foot, four bed model is right around 380 to 410. That's what, if these houses were completed, that's what they're selling at and easily appraising at today. And they're selling very quickly. So being that we're still low 300,000 on, on these things, there's exponential room for equity. And that's today's market value. A year from now, we fully anticipate that those, those rents and prices will continue to increase. And so we should probably also talk about how much runway do we have right now? Is now still a good time to invest in these areas? Yeah. We've seen a 22% rental increase over the past year. We've seen a 29% appreciation in home value from a year ago today. So this is a market that's growing fast and there's a lot of people moving. It's, it's supply and demand. So even, I mean, what we're tracking too is just the population growth. We're still seeing more and more people move to this area at a higher rate than we were a year ago. And the homes being produced uh, is actually slowing down a little bit just because of some of the things like builder delays. So that's causing a larger disparity in terms of uh, demand versus the supply that's available. I think that's also what's driving these factors up. So it's an exciting market. Price points have gone up. These same lots were twelve dollars to $15,000 a year ago. Now they're forty-five dollars to $55,000. It, it just is what it is. Um, but there's still ample opportunity to come into immediate equity, have positive double-digit cash on cash return because rents and market values have, have gone up exponentially as well. Yeah. And I think that's one thing to, to really drive home is a lot of people have come to me and they've been like, oh, well, you know, these projections that you originally had were for, you know, this interest rate. And I'll be honest, people, we haven't really updated the interest rates on the sheets because, well, it's a lot of work to go through and <laughs> remake all so the dynamic right now. You change it tomorrow and it will be a different number yeah. the next day. So, yeah, but even if you run it at, you know, six, six and a half percent, you know, interest rates, if you want to go, go crazy. I mean, the numbers still make sense. The numbers still work. I mean, you've got, you know, I always say you've got three, three easy outcomes from the end of your construction. You can sell it for the profit. You know, if you come to the end and you think, oh, well, the cash flow is not going to be good enough, then fine, sell it, take your 120 grand and, you know, go invest it in other places, you know, or you can keep it just you know, get the loan for the amount of the construction cost, cash flow. You know, I would guess at this point in time, you're going to be looking at five to $800 a month, you know, minimum, even at, you know, six, six and a half percent. Or you can do the cash out refi and um, pull your equity, pull a lot or all of your equity out. I don't know what the number exactly will be. And still cash flow, you know, $150, $200 a month on roughly 
no investment, which is a really good cash on cash return at that point. So, you know, even with the interest rates ticking up, which who knows where they'll be in a year from now, you know, a year from now, it could be 7%. It could be back to four and a half or 5%. You know, we're seeing right now mid fives or so somewhere in that range, but trying to pin all of your plans on what interest rates are going to be a year from now is a futile, futile effort. Well, you just opened up a can of worms, Adam. And I think we're, this is another topic that we're going to be discussing using some actual data points to showcase what happens economically when we have higher interest rates. We sent some, you and I had some discussion even yesterday on, on looking at these data points, but we're not going to cover that in great detail today, but we'll at least set the stage for that. But if you look back over the past, like six times since the nineties, when interest rates in, went up when interest rates increased over time a lot of people are concerned like okay is this going to cash flow and is that going to cause a dampening in the market well it's actually the opposite effect and it's counterintuitive because and i get it especially at the higher price points okay when you're talking you know multi-million dollar houses i mean you would think i mean a small change in interest rate even one to two percent can have a large change in effect for the affordability for those houses so sure, there could be someone that initially was going to buy a million dollar house that can only afford an eight hundred or $850,000 house now. At these lower price points, there's less volatility. This is a much more stable area. But really the point is, in the past, in the history of interest rates, when we've seen those spikes in interest rates going up, um, every single time home prices has also continued to increase and almost followed interest rates. So it, it seems counterintuitive of why that happens. But really what interest rates are is it's a response to where we're at economically. It's a confirmation that economic, uh, that our current economic situation is strong, that people have capital and you know wages are increasing over time, that we're seeing high inflation. Those are all pinpointing a strong economy. People have some money to afford higher price points. <laughs> that is the reality of inflation. Interest rates are being risen to try to accommodate for that. Um, but what we've seen actually in the past is when interest rates went up, so did home prices. We didn't see this, you know, kind of reciprocal graph where home prices dipped because less people could afford them. It makes people nervous, um, but it's it's not really what's what's showing what's happening in in the economy. People have capital to invest. They've invested. They have liquid availability. The economy is strong. That's going to continue to drive price points up as well as allow for some room for interest rates to increase is a confirmation that we have a strong economy. And so we'll, we'll actually present that, I know, on another episode where we can go through specific numbers with that, but that's just something to be aware of. Now, people still don't like to see interest rates going up. <laughs> we've, had, we've been spoiled over the past couple of years. I can tell you whatever you want on the economic side, but the reality is no one likes to hear that. Okay, interest rates are going up. It sucks. You know, it sucks. <laughs> what, what else can you do about it? However, it's just a pinpoint in time. It's just a metric to look at. I think the big benefit going back to Cape Coral is you're in a position where you still have a lot of buffer room. You have a lot of buffer room for equity. You have positive cash flow. You're still going to be exceptional cash flow regardless if interest rates do go up a couple points. It doesn't matter. You're still in a good position. But the main point is you're coming into immediate equity where, yeah, if you don't want to cash flow and hold that property, that cash flow isn't what you anticipated. Go ahead and sell that property. Do a cash out refi. Pull your equity back out. If you're into it for three hundred thousand all in, and that property appraises a year from now at four hundred thousand, lenders will do seventy five percent loan to value on that appraised value. You get all of your money back out. 
to reinvest. So you can have those infinite returns and that will still positive cash flow, um, Adam. So I think that's really the big picture, being a strategic investor, not getting sidetracked by where interest rates are at. We're not slowing down buying right now. <laughs> this isn't affecting us. I mean, this is just something we're staying the course. You're investing in the path of progress where areas are at. And likely when we're talking about all these numbers, $2,400 a month rent, you know, double digit cash on cash return, high 300 to low $400,000 appraisals. I mean, these are real numbers we're seeing snapshot today, a year from now when the houses are completed, um, that's, that's likely to be much higher than it is just because of the population trend. And this is a benefit of being in the path of progress. So some other things I noticed when I was in Cape Coral, uh, beautiful weather. I was down there during spring break time. So it was a little chaos. I think I, I rented a car when I was there and that took about two hours. Um, <laughs> so it's just, it's just blowing up, you know, but it's, it's a place that there's a, there's a lot happening, a lot of development, obviously people moving to, to the area in Southwest Florida every single day. So there's a lot going on. Um, and we're not seeing that slowing down anytime soon. However, because of all the investor and building activity, uh, we are seeing the health department, the permitting process become a little inundated with with delays. Now, there's steps even many of our building partners are taking politically to be involved to try to improve that, where an example of that would be, can instead of having a government agency, the health department inspect all these, these septic systems before, you know, for the plans and also post-completion, because we've seen some houses that are fully completed sitting around two months waiting for the health inspection to be completed to put the saw down to get your final CO, um, you know, that that's frustrating. So we're, we are lobbying to try to have a privatization of that process where you can have a private company come in, provide that report, you know, and, and allow that to uh, be a much more efficient process. Permitting, they just changed the, the recent permitting process um, and tracking system. Hopefully that will increase, uh, you know, some efficiency there. But just be prepared for delays in, in that, um, you know, a little bit of market volatility in terms of materials and supply chain. But I mean, because we're doing this in bulk and it's kind of the same cookie cutter model, um, you know, our building teams are able to account for that and pre-order stuff. So that's, that's less of a concern. So those are just little metrics that we look at. But overall, the market's continuing to expand. Um, we've had better uh, rental increases and a higher uh, increase in the market value than we anticipated a year ago. Uh, we've had some investors that are coming full cycle right now. And as, as they complete these, we'll put out kind of a, a case study series for people to actually see real numbers for some of these investors. But there's been a handful of people that are just, they have so much equity in the house, over a hundred thousand dollars of equity where um, they're just like, I'm just going to sell it, you know, and I get that. That's hard to say no to. Um, <laughs> my recommendation would be, well, why not hold it for a year? And that way you can 1031 it and avoid you know, paying those uh, capital gains or active income if you just sell it in one year, um, you know, I think that would be a better route to go. Or just, I mean, in a fastly appreciating market, hold on to it. Let that sucker continue to appreciate and let those rents go up. So um, still very viable market, a little bit higher entry points for land uh, and capital contribution than we saw, say, a year ago. You, know, you can still be in between that fifty dollars to $80,000 range, depending on the financing structure you're using per project. Uh, total capital commitment. Uh, but I think, you know, if you come into it with over 100K in equity, potentially, I don't want to guarantee anyone that, but that is exactly the, what we're seeing today. Um, you know, that's over 100% return, possibly 200% return with, within a, a year to 15 months. So definitely a viable market still. Yeah. And that's what I always tell people is, you know, even if everything stopped today, 
and there was no appreciation, no rent growth, nothing else between now and the day that it closes, still a good deal. And the numbers still work. It's still a good deal. You know, everybody could, everything could stop and just freeze in time and have this going forward. And you would be still in a position of success. So that's one of the reasons that I did it. You say we're not slowing down our investing because of the the prices, but in honesty, it slowed me down a little bit just because I have to save up a little bit more for uh, my next land purchase as the as the prices go up. So it slowed me down a little bit, but you know, it's just a, a bump in the road to the next uh, the next one. So you know, I, I hear that's the the coulda shoulda wouldas. You know, I see the I talk to investors and they say, oh yeah, my lot that was you know fifteen grand. And it's like, oh man, wish I wish I'd bought lots whenever they were fifteen grand. It would have been nice. Oh, yes. Hindsight, you know, always looking back at uh, where we were. Everyone has those stories, yeah. right? Now, I mean, granted, this was just over a, a period of one year. Um, but uh, again, when you're in a hot market like this, um, you, you look at market trends. People are, we've, we've started to see a little bit of concern about, okay, how much runway do we have? How viable is this in the future? Um, well, based on where we're at with uh, market trends and with population shifts, People aren't moving; they're slowing down in the the rate that they're moving to um, some of these states, uh, especially Southwest Florida. In fact, we're seeing an increase in the amount of people per day. That's a lot, you know. That that means that there's higher demand that will continue to drive that market, regardless of where interest rates are at. In addition to that, Adam, being below the median house price point, I think is really what's important to be in a safe position. So, if yeah. the median house price point is high three hundreds, like three ninety um in in cape coral and you know we're building significantly below that then that gives you a lot of buffer room that's going to allow you to have the largest pool for uh tenants for resale buyers um it's, just, it's very affordable you know and there's not a lot of places in the country where you can get a rent at twenty four hundred dollars a month on a three hundred thousand dollar build um that's going to produce a double digit return and come in with immediate equity and strong appreciation over time so um, you know, we're starting to see some of our Ocala stuff completed. Uh, those are appraising probably right now. I think the first appraisals we saw, and this is at completion, are roughly thirty to thirty-five thousand dollars above what the investor was into it for. So they're coming into a nice appreciation or a nice equity position. Um, you know, even some of the construction where they're fully on completed, and we're just selling them shortly, be and marketing them prior to completion someone's putting a deposit down they're not having to wait a whole year because those options are on the table we have a lot of people that are 1031 buyers i mean if someone's interested to learn more you just got to create the plan with your investment strategist uh, and make sure you're looking at all the options because we do have options outside of what's shown on that website as far as upcoming stuff is as well um you know but there's pretty much a pretty, pretty much an equity position for everyone coming into it just because the market is continually appreciating so quickly the struggle with our business model is we like appreciation like everyone does in, in equity, but we will not invest in anything that doesn't have positive cash flow as well, because that is our fundamental philosophy. That's how we've been successful investors for many years. So we need to make sure we have positive cash flow in all these areas first and everything else comes second to that. Yeah, absolutely. And so what do you think in the research that you've done on Cape Coral and the renter market, what is kind of the the upper limit you think these homes will be able to reach? Like, is there a number that you're like, there's no way it's ever going to go over 3,500 just because of the way rental markets are or, you know, 3000 or what do you think is kind of the, the upper limit to what we might actually be able to get on properties in or this kind of property in the market? 
You know, I've, I've put out um, my observations and projections in the past and totally shot myself in the foot, Adam. So I'm a little <laughs> bit hesitant to say because we don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's very relative. What we're seeing right now is there's a lot of people moving from very expensive, highly taxed, uh, and we say expensive, expensive for both house prices and rents uh, that are moving to more affordable areas like Texas and Florida and Tennessee and some of these other markets we operate in, but especially Florida, they're moving down to areas where, you know, a $2,500 rent for house, that seems high actually for the location uh, when you're comparing it um, to the history of, of the area. Yeah. Um, obviously we had 22% increase in, in rents uh, over the, the past year. That's a lot. Um, so it's like from someone that's been in that location their entire life, they would think that that's not sustainable. However, when you look at the global picture of what's happening, people are moving from very expensive markets where $2,500 a rent for <laughs> a 10,000 square foot lot that has water access and you have an 1800 square foot house with four bedrooms. That's cheap. You know what I mean? You can't do that in, in their local area. So um, and, and that's what we're seeing with a lot of the tenant demographics or these are people that are relocating used to paying much higher rents for a smaller type of uh, property. So I think that's going to continue to drive that. But I would say, you know, as far as timeline, if I had to bet on where we're going to be, I mean, I think we have a really another strong year ahead of us. Um, once we get into the low three, $3,000 range for rents, um, I think that maybe see we see some stabilization in, in that area. Um, you know, I could be completely wrong, but <laughs> how the market is is projected and what the trend that we've been tracking over the past few years, uh, yeah, I, I think we'll easily get over the three thousand dollar a month range. Um, I think we'll I think we'll be much higher in the twenty five to twenty seven hundred dollar range later this year. Um, you know, and uh, on those same models, and I think the market will continue. Do we see these things leveling off in the in the high four hundred thousand dollars for market value? It's hard to say. I mean, again, the, we have people selling their nineteen fifties three bed two bath um, shack in California that has <laughs> is in a good location for one point five million, and they're coming down here and buying a newer, much larger house in it's still in a good location for uh, buying with all cash, a fraction of the price. So it's it's very relative to you know what's actually happening. The people that are moving to the area what kind of financial position are they in what are they used to paying um so we'll see i, I don't know but i mean the, the trend if the trend continues which all signs are pointing to right now we, we should see a, another strong year um of of increase in rents and appreciation yeah i mean it's it's like you were saying i mean the the growth in the area and the lack of homes in the area is really pretty astounding i mean it's kind of the one of those things that i don't know what originally led people to, to start flooding to that area, but you know, they continue to do it. I'm assuming it's the nice weather, decent price point, you know, lots of land available, businesses moving there as well. You know, it kind of led to a, a perfect storm to uh, to really drive these returns up for people. And so it's been a, a good solid thing there. So whenever just real quick, one thing I wanna touch on is what when you were there now compared to when you went there. A year ago what are some of the big changes you've seen in the area is it just homes is it like more businesses you've seen around there or kind of what are the big changes that have happened in that market since your first visit down there when you were looking at the you know when you'd seen the market was good and you wanted to go meet people who may be able to to build for us 
Yeah, I, there's a few different key points that we always look at and that are particular to this this market. Um, and and for anyone that's interested to learn about this, obviously talk to your you know investment strategist at ROR to get the full picture. There's different build options, different locations, different financing options. Um, you know, it's it's important to work through that scenario with your investment strategist. But Adam, there is so we've been active in this market for over a year now. You're personally investing. In, in the area. I'm heavily invested personally in the areas as well as many of our team members. So, I mean, this is an area where we're putting our own money and we're very active, um, probably more so than any other market right now. And there's still a runway, I, I think, where there's a lot of opportunity, but a lot has changed over the past year. The, the most obvious one is the land availability and land prices. Um, we, we've talked about that enough already. I think people get the point, um, but that's just, it is what it is, but that doesn't mean the opportunity is over. That just means that they're, I mean, that uh, that's supporting the market. Again, there is a lot of demand. So less, a little bit less availability, higher price points for land. Construction costs have gone up a little bit. The market as a whole, though, yeah, there's, there's a ton of people moving to the area. And you can sense that when you go down there. And I'm down there every couple of months. I mean, I went down in January. And even when I was down there January last year, there was, I mean, just it was just busy. Uh, you know, from looking at uh, renting hotel rooms and things like this, we usually stay at the, the Sanibel Harbor Marriott Resort in Fort Myers, but um, that's a very nice place that it, I mean, it's, they're booking out, um, you know, whereas a year ago at any point in time, even peak season, off season, you could get, um, you know, avail you could have availability for, for rooms and they were, you know, much cheaper actually then fast forward to now and they're booked out. So that's, I mean, just pointing to a lot of the, the direction it's going with how many people are, there's an influx to the area. When you compare Florida, the East and West Coast, it's dramatically different. And what's happened on the East Coast is it's, it's like three to four times more expensive in most cases. I mean, all up and down the, uh, the East Coast, things are already built out. People have already migrated. We're starting to see that trend now more so on the... Uh, and I may have said that backwards, the East Coast is already built out. The West Coast now, and which is you know Southwest, that's where Cape Coral is, some of these areas, that's where we're starting to see more development and more demand, um, where there's kind of this, this sleeping giant for a little bit where people, you know, didn't so much, I guess, didn't vacation to and weren't aware as those locations as hot destination locations, but because of their affordability and, and the uh, increase in population and travel to those areas, they're exploding. And so I, I think that what we're seeing on the West Coast of Florida will mimic the East Coast to a certain degree. Um, and those price points, the land availability, it's being scooped up and you have some institutional buyers coming in. So, I mean, when you go out to restaurants in these areas, they're busy. Um, and it, there's just, you know, you, you sense that um, throughout the different times of the years as well. So lots of new construction businesses happening, um, you know, and, and you can go to, we've, we've been aware of these these kind of sleepers and areas that were ghost towns that now hit these booms and you just you feel it and you see it and that's exactly what's what's happening here you gotta hate institutional investing companies coming in and buying <laughs> they make it hard for the small guys you know like all of <laughs> us but we're just trying to carve out our little piece of uh success and you know they're coming in and starting to scoop up a bunch of this land and stuff but yeah i mean if anyone's you know listening to this now as we come into mid 2022 um, if you've been considering doing this, you got to take action now, get some land, you know, even if you're going to build later, 
buy and hold land. Land is never a bad thing and, it, and it, the path of progress to just hold on to. Um, you can even 1031 directly into land. You know, if, if that's something you want to do, you can't 1031 into a house that will take a year to be built. And we have other new builds you can 1031 into. But if you wanted to 1031 into land, you could do that. You're just holding land. I mean, yeah, because some of these investors of ours that bought these lots at ten dollars to $15,000 a year ago, they could triple their money within a year. Um, now, it makes more sense to build on them. Some people have sold their lots, again, just because they've, they've wanted that short gain. But, I mean, if you build on it, that's just going to exponentially increase your returns over time. But there's still still very viable market right now. Price points have gone up, and they'll continue to go up for land and build costs. Um, excellent financing options right now on the table still, which is not always the case. You know, there's there's some you know financing changes. It's a dynamic world. <laughs> Put yeah, the interest rate aside and and look at where you know the best opportunity is. And there's a lot of people that will do, you know, they'll put on in in their investment model and their plan. Yeah, they'll airmark a certain amount of capital or some of their investment capital towards doing some new construction. Great, that's going to take a year to be built. Let's initiate it now and also be looking at some other investment opportunities we have to get some stuff going in the meantime. I think that's the balance of what most people are trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. And like you were saying about the financing, we've seen financing products come and go and just some of them just disappear one day to the next and suddenly you know you're going through the process and you think oh this is great but they waited a little bit too long suddenly the loan product was gone and you have to wait for it to come back or pursue a different avenue and it just kind of uh you know if you don't get started you you might miss out on it so i want to thank you for joining us and giving us that uh update of florida zach it's always good to hear that uh my money's being put in the right place so I appreciate you coming on to do that. Like Zach was saying, if you have any interest in this product or any of the other you know, investments around the country, you can head over to renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com and see the inventory we have there. You can schedule a call with one of our investment strategists. We're happy to help you out and figure out you know, what kind of properties work best for where you're trying to get with your investing. That's renttoretirement.com. Don't forget to leave us a review on your podcast platform, whatever that is iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Would really appreciate any reviews you want to leave for us. And if you have any questions you want us to answer on future shows, you can email podcast at renttoretirement.com. That's podcast at renttoretirement.com. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Rent to Retirement Podcast, your number one resource for wealth building, real estate investing, and stress-free retirement strategies. Continue your real estate education and invest with us at renttoretirement.com.